I've heard it said that people come into our lives for a reason, bringing something we must learn, and we are led to those who help us most to grow. Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. As it passes a sun, like a stream that meets a boulder, halfway through the wood, who can say if I've been changed for the better, but because I knew you. I have been changed for good. It well may be that we will never meet again in this lifetime. So let me say before we part, so much of me is made of what I learned from you. You'll be with me like a handprint on my heart. And now whatever way our stories end, I know you have rewritten mine by being my friend. Like a ship blown from its mooring by a wind off the sea. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. And just to clear the air, Ask forgiveness for the things I've done you blame me for. But then I guess we know there's blame to share, and none of it seems to matter anymore. Like a comet pulled from orbit as it passes a sun, like a stream that meets a boulder halfway through the wood who can say if i've been changed for the better i do believe i have been changed for the better and because i knew you because i knew you because i knew you I have been changed for good. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message.
Good morning, Epworth. Uh, my name is Mary Cavanero, and I'm a member of the Sanctuary Action Team. And our table is going to be out on the sidewalk because we wanted to show you that the work flows out of the church. And uh, we hope you'll visit our table and then go inside or go inside and then visit our table. Uh, this morning I've been asked to read the scripture. It's Isaiah 58 uh, verses 9 through 14. Then sh you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. If you refrain from trampling the Sabbath, from pursuing your own interests on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight, and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways, serving your own interests or pursuing your own affairs, then shall you take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride upon the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of your ancestor Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen.
Jerry. Will you pray with me, please? The words of preparation, which are printed in your bulletin or on your screen if you're worshiping online. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. This summer, I ran into an old friend at a farmer's market one Saturday morning. We had originally met when she was a graduate student and I was a campus minister. And when we met, she asked me about the campus ministry and I dutifully proceeded to give her a rundown of all of our programs and groups. She waited patiently and then she said, do you have any spots open on the board? That never happens. <laughs> a longtime Methodist, she, what she was really looking for were ways to plug in and contribute to the ministry to offer her gifts and talents, which included leadership. And as um, at, at the market, as we continued to, to chat uh, about you know, our, our lives and where they were and sort of coming out of the pandemic, she shared with me that she hadn't returned to church, and that her routines had changed, and it was something she hadn't added back in. Our conversation continued, and we began to talk about having older children, and you know, soon both of us being uh, empty nest parents, and our conversation got deeper. And then she said, actually, with the state of the world right now, I've really been feeling kind of hopeless. And I paused, waiting to see if she would connect where we began in the conversation to where we got to. And when she continued to wait for me to respond, I said, do you think maybe those things are connected, not going back to church and feeling hopeless? And immediately her face brightened. And she said, I hadn't thought of that. And she realized that her regular practice of attending church and participating in the life of the body was the missing piece that she needed to reincorporate. Friends, we have been through a trauma that 
upset our lives and routines in challenging and difficult ways. We did what we needed to do and what we were able to do to survive the period of shutdowns and uncertainty and no vaccines. But now more than two years later, just surviving doesn't exactly feel like living. According to findings by the Pew Research Center, just two thirds of pre-pandemic worshipers have returned to church and 18% remain online. Our experience at Epworth mirrors this trend. While for much of that 18% online, the safety of a non-physical space is important for the health of their physical bodies, and we celebrate that we have this option, what has also been found is that for the other portion of church community members who haven't returned in body, their absence is not so much an intentional decision but the creation, the unintentional creation of a new habit. You have heard me say this before. I said it to the, the kids this morning in the children's message, and I'll say it again today. Faith is a muscle. If we exercise it through prayer, through worship, through studying scripture, service, groups that help us grow in faith and relationship with God and with each other, practices that open the channel of, of our hearts and our minds to the Holy Spirit, our faith grows strong. And just like with regular exercise, we develop a kind of faith muscle memory, habits that order and reorder our days, which in turn orders our lives. Our scripture today is from Isaiah the 58th chapter. Isaiah is a long book and it's typically understood in three parts. And our piece for, for today is from the third part, which is the voice of the community of Israel, which has returned from exile in Babylon and is struggling to make a new life in Jerusalem. What they had longed for was to return, but return wasn't what they imagined it would be. They were trying to rebuild the city and the temple, and progress was painfully slow. There were struggles over leadership within the community. There was drought, food shortages, homelessness, hunger, lack of clothing. Sound familiar? Yet the third part of Isaiah is not regarded as a warning or a lament, but as a corrective filled with hope. That situation sounds pretty dire and depressing, you might say. But the witness of this final piece of Isaiah is that the hope was in the fundamental fact that in spite of the very real challenges they were facing, the people were able to freely practice their faith together. They were able to worship their God, our God, Yahweh, with the fullness of their devotion and their love. They were able to be together as one community, and they had achieved a homecoming just by coming home. Their hope was in the conviction not that life post-exile should be easy, but that life post-exile would be navigated as one. One people under God working out faithful, meaningful, purposeful, just, and peaceful life together. 
There's an old story about a chaplain in the German army during World War II. Hitler's armies did include chaplains, but they had no rank. They were kind of similar to Red Cross workers embedded in military units, but not part of them. And history tells us that while some of them were not able to distinguish between the Christian witness and the evils of Nazism, many were conflicted and sought ways to resist. In 1944, this particular chaplain in this story, a Lutheran minister was housed in the private home uh, of uh, two Jewish persons, a father and son in Budapest, Hungary. These two men had so far managed to avoid being sent to a concentration camp. These two men, the father and son, were grave, dignified men. They knew what was just outside their door, and they also knew that they had no choice about providing a room to the German chaplain. It was required by the occupying authorities. The Nazis discouraged contact between the hosts and the guests. And even so, the, the, the Jewish men knocked on the chaplain's door one day and asked him if he needed anything. He asked for a small chest for storage and they said they could provide it. Then the father suddenly blurted out, Pastor, you'll protect us, won't you? The chaplain stammered something about being a relief worker. They had nothing to fear from him, but he felt it seemed so inadequate and wondered what he could say to truly reassure them, to be with them in the way that he could. And suddenly he was moved to say, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Of course, these are the words of the Shema, the affirmation for the Jewish people that is understood to contain the entire faith in this one expression. In English, the words are, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. The father and son were overwhelmed. Their relief was palpable. And in gratitude, they silently pressed the chaplain's hand and left. In a way, it was a small thing for the chaplain to do, but it was an affirmation of hope in a desperate situation. You know, as well as I do, that hard times will come again. Some are calling this a post-pandemic period, when the truth is that we are still very much dealing with COVID and its effects. This is an exceedingly challenging time in its own way. I even use this term post-pandemic in my column this week when really it would have been more accurate to say post-shutdowns. The shutdowns are over. We have returned from a kind of exile, but all is not rosy. The pandemic gave us space to go deep, and sometimes this was a blessing of new insight and sometimes it unearthed, ignored, or unprocessed pain. 
Though, of course, we have scriptural evidence of the Holy Spirit empowering people to speak in tongues, the chaplain in the story I just shared was able to bring forth the words of the Shema, both because he was opened to the Holy Spirit and because he was familiar with the words and what they meant. We get to that place of informed openness through practice. And practice is a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, lifelong habit. Today we are hosting a ministry fair highlighting the many ways you can exercise your faith muscles and develop the habits that lead to strength in times of challenge, capacity to bring healing to those who are in pain, and find meaning and purpose in what appear to be hopeless situations. Our scripture today from Isaiah begins with the words, if you remove the yoke from among you. Isaiah makes clear in the verses just before our text for today that this yoke that is to be removed is the yoke of injustice and oppression. One of Epworth's ministries you can learn more about today is the Sanctuary Action Team. The Sanctuary Action Team works together to provide support to persons who have had to leave their own country uh, due to violence or other forms of insecurity. And sometimes this action has manifested in traveling to the border to bear witness and protest the restrictive policies of our government, such as Pat and Charlie Larigo and Maria Gallo did at the Convergence in 2018. And sometimes it has meant traveling to respite centers in Texas and Arizona, working with organizations caring for recent refugees or refilling water tanks in the, in the desert as three of our Epworth group uh, and, uh, teams did um, in 2018 and 2019. And I was on two of those teams and um, found uh, deep, um, peace and purpose and, and new hope, even in the face of desperate situations through being able to be present in body. Sometimes this work has manifested in accompaniment of individuals and families who wind up in the East Bay and need support to keep going and begin to make a new life here. We've provided as a congregation everything from diapers to housing to funds for legal representation through the dimension of sanctuary action team called Nueva Esperanza, which means new hope. Epworth has also long had a care committee that has organized support for persons suffering loss or illness by bringing meals and visits and offering rides to appointments or other forms of care in times of need. I'll be at the station at the ministry fair for the care committee because we're looking for a new coordinator. And I hope you'll stop by and learn more about this ministry today. When we gather on Sunday mornings, we remember that the church is a body, a living, breathing being that needs tending and nurture. The Sunday morning gathering of our body happens because of the movement and commitment of so many serving in hospitality as greeters and coffee teams, leading our youth in youth group, teaching our children in godly play, enlivening the scripture and prayers as liturgists, singing our faith through the choir. What I have learned in life is that the more I invested in the life of something, the more life I feel. Today is your opportunity to learn more about the life of this body 
and to participate in its movements, its breath, and breathe that breath. Let it fill your body as you breathe into the world. Each of us has gifts the world needs, and in this community, those gifts can find expression. We know from the witness of our ancestors in the tradition that though life's challenges will continue to come, the community of faith and its breath of life is the foundation of our hope. Amen. You've been listening to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week. My life It don't count for nothing When I look at this world I feel so small And my life It's only a season 
passing September that no one will recall. But I gave joy to my mother, and I made my lover smile. I can give comfort to my friends when they're hurting, and I can make it seem better for My life is half the way traveled, and still I have not found my way out of this night. And my life is tangled in wishes, and so many things that just never turned out right. But I gave joy to my mother, and I made my lover smile. I can give comfort to my friends when they're hurting, and I can make it seem better. I can make it seem better. Oh, I can make it seem better for a while. Na 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 na.